Hello, this is the Potters Podcast and welcome. Got a packed show today, a happy show. It's full of motivation. It's a very good podcast this week. Yeah. We're going to go through the player ratings, obviously. We're going to talk about the transfer activity or non-activity in many ways. Except it was an exciting deadline day. Was it? Well, it was, yeah, because <laughs> it was going right down to the wire. Has he gone Palace? Has he not gone Palace? Have we got Angus? But anyway, we'll cover that later. First off, though, obviously, we're going to have to talk about Nathan Jones's comments. Yeah, statistically, they won. Statistically they win. win, but they didn't win because we won 2-0. Yeah. Again, another game of two halves. He's taking something that I don't know about him. It's, it's positivity from Jesus. <laughs> That's it's right. Positivity from somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's the love of Jesus, the love of... But yeah, it's been an exciting week all round for football. Harry Maguire's redeemed himself yesterday. Yeah, because, I mean, on and, and off the pitch, it's been pretty dire, hasn't it? I mean, sent off for mm. England. Something happened in Greece. He's basically been the scapegoat for Man United. But anyway, it's not the Man United podcast. Then we move on to Liverpool yesterday against Everton. I think Everton were robbed. I've got to be honest, I think that should have been 3-0. Um, no bias there at all. No, two absolute stonewall wrong decisions. Well, I want to discuss that a bit, because somebody asked me a question today on the podcast feed, and they said to me, what do you reckon if Stoke got in the Premier League, would we like VAR? No. No, they'd be hell up. Every week? Be rioting. Especially if Ryan Shawcross gets back in again, because he loves a grab. <laughs> he loves an old. I, I think that everyone's going to have to start having tighter shirts on as well, because if it looked like Marnie's shirt was offside... He was clearly offside. He, Come the, on. The tail end of his shirt Come was offside. On. Come on. That's never offside. It is, because I hate Liverpool. So it's, it's one of them. So if you, if, if, you, if you, like, I don't know, Triori and you've got big arms, you can go... His triceps offside, sticky bastard. Well, he, he needs to slim down a bit then. Oh. There we go. I'd turn up in a tank top then. Tighter the better. <laughs> well, somebody put in as well about VAR that if it hits where the shirt line is, where so it hits where the shirt is supposed to be, it's not it's not handball, but it hits the other part of your arm, it's handball. Oh, long and I said you just put a long sleeve on then, don't you? <laughs> 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 put some gloves on. <laughs> they hit me glove. <laughs> yeah, so right, we're going to Nathan Jones's comments and I thought they were very stupid he's in many very, ways. He was very animated right through the game. Mm, um, he was bouncing around a lot. Well, he did that for Stoke, to be fair, he did that. Yeah. It's just a shame that bouncing around didn't lead to wins. That's all yeah. I can say very enthusiastic, isn't he, given that? Yeah, we had, he loves it. He yeah. absolutely loves it. You can tell he wants to be a good manager and he's trying his best to do it, isn't he, at the end of the day. And they've had a good start. And this is why this is such an impressive result. Yeah, we've normally been stung by ex-managers, haven't we, in the past? Um, they've normally ex-players as well. We've whenever we've come up against them, it's always bitters on the arse again. But to be fair, from what I saw of them, they weren't great. Listen, they're not. It just reminded me of watching Stoke when he was there. He's just very one-dimensional. It didn't really look like threatening Davies, especially first off. I mean. A lot of the fans were a little bit overly critical, Stoke, I thought, at times, in the first half. I just thought it was the first half. Oh, the first half that was, nothing in it was, was quite poor, the first yeah. half. And he, it's and just he, a poor first he, half. He clearly changed the tactics in the second half, we know that. But I just wanted to go on about his comments about the... How have you statistically won a... What, you've lost, you just wouldn't say it, would you? I don't know where he gets these quotes from. He's a bit like Brendan Rodgers, but not as daft. 
Do you think he's well, got like an app on his phone? I don't know. I, I what thought, do I say to the press? I, th- I thought when they asked him about Stoke and Michael O'Neill, I thought he was going to go, "Always oh, a beautiful human being. He's he's one of the best." I thought that's what he was going to say. You're just making yourself look a bit of a clown, aren't you? That's like saying, "Well, we had ninety percent possession, but we lost four 0 <laughs> <laughs> Well, you didn't do very well at the park, did you? Well, that's it. Basically, at the end of the day, was it? They, they were quite poor, to be honest. They didn't really create much. And he, he said, like, first off, they were creating more chances. I can't really remember about creating what... They had one. more chances towards the last half an hour of the game, but at the end of the day, they were chasing the game then, so they were bound to. Mm. They're the home side, they're going to chase the game, they're going to get men forward, and they're going to create chances. The first half was cagey from both teams, it was. Mm. It was very, nobody dared go forward. We were getting balls in over the top, but we just didn't have enough. It was, we were missing that creative play a little bit in the middle. Because um, Nick Powell again was deep again. Yeah. And it was just very mundane first half. But the second half, whatever he said, he come out all guns blazing second half. He played well. Which is why we'll go into player ratings. Okay. We start with, of course, Adam Davies. Brilliant second half. Absolutely brilliant. Um, three or four top, top class saves. It, to me, he's number one all season now. But not only that, there were smart saves. There were, he made them look good as well. Some real, you know, just the way yeah. he dives and, yeah. and gets to the ball. I mean, that chance was a fantastic save with that left foot chance when it came through. The thing is, there's a lot of, a lot of goalkeepers you say, oh yeah, it's a good shot stopper. But it's not just that, it's what you do when you stop it. Because mm. there's times where he, he saves the ball and he's pushing it away from goal as well at the same time. You see it sometimes, you go, oh, it's a great save. But he's pushed it right back into danger. Davis doesn't tend to do that. Mm-hmm. He'll push it out for a corner, out for like he'll get rid of it completely, even if he's just stopping it. It's that second thought of where where you're actually parrying the ball as well. Yeah. And there was a couple. There was one second half that I thought was dead cert going, and, and and he saved it. So. Well, the good thing is with Davis. I mean, he's he's got he's now got nine clean sheets in thirteen games since he's come into the Stoke side. Yeah. Which says it all, really. Because before, when Jack was in goal, we were seeing goals left, right, and centre, really. Yeah. You know, so to be honest, now with Jack obviously going, which we'll discuss later, it has been a nice movement into it. He just commands his box as well. You can tell he used to be a captain at Barnsley. I'm liking how he's saving shots. He really wants to keep these clean sheets. And we are looking like a team now with the younger defenders in front. They're going to be hard to score against us. What a, what a difference from 12 months ago. Yeah, look at them three. Yeah, it's incredible, really, and let's be honest, not the haven't cost us a penny, really. Anyway, no. So it's, it's no. incredible. Uh, I'll give him a solid eight. I think he was a good performer. I can say I was going to go nine. Nine? Yeah. Your first nine, that is. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I love him. I think he's brilliant. What's in that? He said. <laughs> uh, right, so we'll go to Tommy Smith. Now, Tommy Smith, I thought found it odd going up and down that right side, especially in the first half. He, he seemed like he was struggling to get up and down, up and down. and The problem you've got with Tommy Smith, and it's the problem you're always going to have with Tommy Smith, is Tommy Smith is a right-back, not a right-wing-back. Mm. To me, he's a solid right-back. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and say that he's a bad He has got a good cross on him, though. The thing is, he can cross the ball, so let's be honest, he, he did have a hand in passing that ball through for Campbell to put the cross in. Yeah. So. He was, he, he, so in fairness to him, first half, he was getting forward. He was probably the only promising person getting forward. But he was struggling to get back. But he's getting back. And the thing is, if you play in this system, that's what you need. You need, because like timing on the other, on the other side, 
he can get up and down the pitch. Mm. That's the thing, you need that sort of play both sides. And at the end of the day, I'm starting to see now why he was trying to get another right back now. Yeah. I can, I can see why. To use him in that system. Yeah, to use him in that system. I think, because we, we know he can't play in that role anyway, because of Nathan Jones last season. We know he can't get up and down. And he, he did leave us a little bit open at times where he was breaking up, and they would. Jones obviously told his cam to break into that left hand side whenever we broke forward and they counted. Yeah. So he's got to improve that. At the end of the day, we're stuck with him now until January anyway, which I know is only around the corner. For me, I, I, I'm not going to drop him. He's still, I still rate him. I think he's a decent player. The thing is, though, we sat here six months ago saying we're screaming for a left-back. I wouldn't say we're screaming for a right-back. No, back. he'll do. He's, he's a good player. You know he's, got, he's got to improve. He's got to knuckle down and, yeah. and work on his fitness. He's really got to work on his fitness. Yeah. Loads of cross-running, loads of weightlifting, get power in his legs and start yeah. moving up and down the pitch. I'll give him a six. Yeah, I'll say six. I'll give him a six because I thought it was a, a all, right. all right performance. Right, Stoke City's main man, and for me, should be named God, never mind captain. <laughs> and that is Harry Suti. Yeah, just just another one that is sort of knuckled down that position for me. I can't see how you could take him out of the squad now. Well, it's, it's not just that. It's just that he's a solid defender, but he can he comfortably. He's so comfortable on the ball. He'll pick it up and break it forward. Do you not? Do you not think he's sort of come into that squad and it's like normally when a new player comes in, you're sort of watching him thinking, "Oh, is he going to be?" It's like he's always been there. Yeah. You yeah. just sort of he slots in and you just think, "Yeah, I'm really, really confident that he's going to do the right job right the way through the." The thing is with Harry Suter, I've got a, I've got a sneaky feeling that if we don't get promotion this year, he's going to go for big money. I do. Whilst knowing our board, probably not, they'll probably hold on to him two years. Probably go for two pounds. Yeah, £40 and, I don't know, Wanyama on loan. Yeah. It's, it's just how it is. Tough, I, think he, I think he's our key player. I think he's our most important defender now. It, it's incredible how, what an impact he's had because the thing is, it was obvious, and he, I can understand that, and you have to give credit to Michael O'Neill in this situation because he kept going. There was a chance he could have gone back out on loan again. Yeah. And he said, no, I, I like Harry, I'm going to give him a chance. And he's come, he's come in and just slotted in. And, and experienced pros like Danny Bat and James, James Chester have just literally flown to the wayside because how yeah. good this lad is. Yeah. Joey Barton said that he was one of the best defenders he's, he's had, which I know is not great. He's only done four years at Fleetwood, but it's still promising because he was desperate to get him back again on loan. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Give him an, I'll give him an eight. Yeah. Solid I'll, eight. I'm going to nine. You can go nine again. What's going on with you today? <laughs> Somerton, that he said. Right. Danny Bat came in between the two centre backs and did all right. Solid. He did, he did all right. He didn't really impress me. He didn't really unimpress me. I'll tell you the, 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 sort of the positive point with the formation this week was normally we worry because <clears throat> Bat's got to do too much running. Mm. And with Suter and Collins there, he could literally just sit in yeah. and defend. I think that's what suits him. Yeah, the because then two have got more legs, they, they're better positionally, and they can they can just pick off when we're having problems. Mm. If Bat's got a trap back and, and, and run, we know he, he can struggle. Yeah, he, he struggles against pace, he struggles, yeah. he struggles badly against... Suits and Collins don't. Uh, but to be fair, it was like a solid rock in the middle, and we know he can do this, and he's a better option than James Chester, because I think that... 
he's better in the air and, and he's, he's got a, a goal threat to him as well in the opposition box so for me I think this is our back line to be honest I'll give him a 7 I will because he didn't do a lot I'm going to give him a 6 you just boots. don't like him got boots as well did he get boots and he was down to his pace again he couldn't trap back and well, instead he took him down we've, we've seen it so many really. times yeah. we've seen it so many times where yeah. if he gets overrun he, he just knocks him down he can't, he can't compete with him don't get me wrong it's a technical foul that stops the play because they threw if he doesn't take him down he's through on goal so as far as it's a professional foul that stops the game but the thing is if it had been maybe time and chasing him it'd have caught him yeah, well, Collingswood as well. So, yeah. would I so the, the the thing is, the longer we keep Danny Bart, the more his legs are going to slow. Yeah. So you sort of sit there. Some like, experience head in between the two young lads just to give that bit of mentality a bit of yeah, leadership. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just a bit of leadership for the two people that are next to him, just yeah. to calm them down yeah. if you start trying to run up the pitch too much or yeah, yeah. try and get a ball too, too much. Harsh. So, right, yeah, I give him a seven, you give him a, what was it, a nine? Six. Oh, six, six, right. Right, so we'll go into Collins. Fractured his hand not long ago. Still Came played. on with a fracture and kept played and was absolutely fantastic, to be honest. He, he swept everything away all day. He could have played He could have played four games in a row. He could. He, he came off the pitch not being a sweat on him. He's one of the fittest defenders I've seen for a good while. Taking everybody's head off for that cast off. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, he, such a calm player for his age. Like to be fair, Ali Suit was a few, quite a few years. I think he's three years older than him, two or three years older than him. But for somebody who's only 18, 19 to play with that maturity, yeah, it, it's quite surprising, really. And you can understand now why Darren Fletcher said to Man United, "Go pip him before they give him a good long contract." The thing is, at the moment, with the way things are, obviously being, we're not having, we don't have any fans in, it is the best time for try kids out because there's no actual crowd pressure there either. Because the thing is, you've seen it before, we buy a player in, comes in, the fans expect the world, it don't quite work out, some can turn, you've got a lot of pressure straight away for do well. With no fans there, they can literally just cross that white line and play. And the thing is, by the time the fans are allowed back in, they've already played 35, 40 games. Mm. They're an established player for Stoke then. Yeah, so, yeah, so it doesn't matter then. That's the thing. I think, he, he, for me, he's another part of that mid-defence now. And I think it's a big reason why Indy's left, is because of the improvements of Nathan Collins. Mm. Especially as, at that left wing-back, well, not left wing-back, the left centre-back yeah. in the cup matches. So he's obviously looked at him and gone, we don't need Indy. If we can get him gone, get him gone. We've got this like young lad here. And the thing is, he's only going to grow and get better. And his performance on Saturday, I mean, let's be honest, he set up Powell for the goal. Nice little layoff to get it through and he struck yeah. it well. I, I'm liking him. And I think the reason is, he's only 18, 19. What's going to be like when he's 23, 24 in the Premier League with Stoke? He's going to be like in 12 months. He's going to be like the new Rio Ferdinand or something <laughs> like that. I hope he's better. better. I hope he's better than Rio Ferdinand, to be fair. But again, it's another good solid performance. I'll give him an eight. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him an eight. And yeah. it shows to me that we've got this good setup back line now. That I don't think he'll make mistakes if he plays these three together every week. It could be a real hard team to get round because there's pace there now. They've got that experience and sort of a captain there in Danny Bat. And we're ironing the problems away now. But he's doing it. He's doing it with youngsters rather than than going out there and buying these young players and, and it, it makes me change my mind on the transfer system this season 
and it's made me change my mind a bit on what's gone on. I'm still a bit miffed about bringing Morgan Fox in because, to be honest, he, he does look like a, a dud again. But saying that, we got him for nothing, so if we sell him for 800 grand, it's been a profit, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll give him an eight, you give him an eight. Eight as you well. You give him an eight. So why not a nine? So he got an assist. Yeah, okay, eight. There's other players getting it. Ah, okay, right. Josh Timon is the next man. Quick outlet and was brilliant on the counter attack. Every time we the, we got the ball off Fluton, he was breaking the ball forward. He was trying everything to get the ball in the high in the high areas. He's got legs, Auntie. He's got legs and he'll run and he'll run and run. But the thing is that he, he's sort of come out of the water a little bit. I mean, well, he's we got telling him last year though. There's no. Well, chance. this is what I mean. He's got a point to prove now to Nathan, to Nathan Jones, who said he, he wasn't cut for this division and wasn't cut out for. Being at a club like Stoke, he he, he was just saying he, he should be playing at League One, League Two, and he had a point point to prove today against his former boss. He wanted to go out there and he, he performed. He did okay. He didn't he didn't do a lot in the opposition end. Yeah. But he he did his job. He got the ball. He kept breaking it on the counter attack. We were giving it to time, and he was breaking forward. Well, he's, it, he's, he's had some good games towards the end of last season as well. The thing is, is Derby that turning point? The Derby game away where he got absolutely more. Well, he was left back there, wasn't he? And uh, to be honest, it was a bad day all round there. It wasn't just, I mean, he was woeful, but so were all the rest. Yeah. Lost 4 0, didn't we, at the end of the day? And, but I can't see a result like that again now. That's the thing now with these young lads coming in, this younger side building. I can't see a result like that again. The thing is, Michael O'Neill's already come out and said, Auntie, that he, we, we conceded too many goals and we had to stop the rot somewhere. So, all right, we sit here and go, we don't like the system. We, we've said it weeks in the, in the past where fans on the page have said, we don't like the system. But that system, as horrible as it can be at times, we aren't shipping a load of goals. You've got to look at every game we've played, we aren't shipping goals. And, and that's the thing. But it, we've got, we've, we're more organised, we're not great to watch at the minute, but... As long as we're picking up points, that's what I'm we not, want. I'm not bothered. At the end yeah. of the day, if, if we, we've had this argument before when, you know, we had Tony Peel, who said, fair enough, the football wasn't great, but there were some great performances in there, it obviously was. I don't care as long as we're winning. Like, my confidence now is growing again. Like, Bristol City completely knocked me for six. Yeah. But we're in the quarter-final of the League Cup. We, we've only lost one game in, in the league. We, yeah. Fair enough, we've had two or three draws, whatever it is. But we're, looking, it's not but we're looking stronger. We're not losing away from yeah. home as well. We're getting good results away. Yeah. We just need to improve at home. If we start winning at home as well, which should happen Tuesday, we're playing Barnsley on Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever yeah. it is. So there's three points there. So, you know, at the end of the day... It's we, nice to wake up on a Sunday morning. Yeah, it, it's, it's, points, it's yeah. lovely to wake up now and go, you still can't crap. Yeah. I'll give time and a seven. Yeah, I'll go seven as well. Because, like I say, there wasn't a lot about Didn't do a lot wrong. Didn't really do anything when he had the possession. I think he was a bit holdy on the ball at times, but yeah. he did well. He, he was the break on the counter-attack. Right, so now we move into John Obi McCall. A disciplined performance in the, behind the... Well, in front of the defence. I think he had a better first off than he did second. I could count at least seven or eight occasions second half where he was sloppy with the ball, give it away a couple of times. I don't think he's good with the ball. This, from watching him now, I think he might have lost that ingenuity when it comes down to passing the ball. Defensively, but, at times, but, he's quite good at cutting out the, the, 
if, if we lost the ball. One of me was making tackles and he was he was blocking shots as well. There was a couple of chances where they were breaking. Defensively, he's decent. He's very good in that defensive midfield role. Yeah. The problem is he does need to improve the way he passes the, passes ball. the ball. Yeah, because he is giving the ball away yeah. way too much. He give a few times where. What he is improving. Broke. That's the thing I'm marking about. He is improving because the other week I thought it was rubbish because he, he just he wasn't making the tackles. He wasn't blocking shots. And he's passing every single pass near enough went to the opposition. He's a strong he's a strong midfielder and he get and he does he does really cause him issues in the middle where players sort of stand off him a little bit because he he is a strong player. Yeah. And and he will aggravate the midfielders. But the problem is there was a couple of times where he got the ball, simple passes left and right, and he's giving the ball away too easy. Mm. And I don't know if that's because he's just a bit Lacking a bit of match sharpness or what? It's probably just match sharpness because every week he is improving. He's getting more football than anyone at the moment because he's obviously desperate to get him fit. I'll give him a seven because because the way he was defending, the way he was blocking the shots, a couple of times he was passing it. But to be fair, sometimes Quickers wasn't coming to the ball enough. And we'll move on to say what's what's yours? I'm going to give him a five. A five? Yeah. You just don't like him, do you? It's quite obvious. No, I just think the thing is that a few of them errors could have been fatal. To be honest, they weren't just the odd giveaway, like in there off. They were they were sort of breakaway. I think that's very harsh. Yeah, that those tackles. Yeah, but they they're unforced errors that can cost you the game. And and the thing is, against the better side, they'll punish us. So we need to sort that out. Really. Right, so we'll move on to probably the most disappointing player so far this season, which is Sam Klukas. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair to him, he did settle into, he's settling into a new role in a new system, which at the moment might not suit him. But he's going to have to book his ideas up in the moment because Joe Allen's not far off being fit again. I forgot he was on the pitch at times yesterday. Not saying he did anything wrong, I'm just saying it seems like the game's drifting by him a little bit. It's <laughs> like he's not on the pitch. The problem is with, with him is that. He's kind of doing the role where he's got to do a bit of both. He's got to sit in a holding midfield when we're getting attacked. And then he's got to try and break when it's in our possession. And I think at times, because there's not a lot of support nearby, because the differences with this season and last season, last year we were playing with a cab instead of a holding midfielder. And then sometimes we did put an holding midfielder. It was Joe Allen who was very mobile. Yeah. He's a good box-to-box midfielder, Joe Allen. Especially in the Championship. It wasn't in the Prem, but he is in the Championship. And I think he does miss Joe, yeah. but I, I can only I can only see Joe coming in for him at this moment. I in think time. we miss Joe, to be honest, especially but, first off. But the thing is, he's going to have to improve his game. At the end of the day, I know it's not his his way of playing, but you have to move with it because the results are coming, and you've got to. Well, he's adapted to before. I mean, he played at left back for us. For, but that for wasn't adapted. He just he just put okay performances in, and he's doing it again now. They're okay. And when Michael O'Neill first came in, he was putting in superb performances where he was hitting shots from everywhere and scoring goals. And, and the problem is he doesn't look like he's getting in the positions. And to be honest, like somebody said it yesterday, I think on Praise and Grumble, where the only person who Joe Allen can come in for is Sam Clunkers. Because, well, obviously for you, it's probably Joe, Obi McCall, but for me, I like what Obi McCall does in that holding role because his defensive work no, the, impresses I think... me. Well, at the moment, the way I look at it is, I'd still keep McCallum for his defensive duties, and then it'll give Joe Allen the license for do what McCall's doing now. 
I just feel that Lukas, the game's passing him by. It's like he's not involved in the game too enough. It's like you'll see the odd pass, the odd clearance. Because he's not a box to box, box to box, so is it? That's yeah. his problem. He's not a box to box midfielder. He's not good at getting back and then bombing up to support and help. He's not pacey enough for that. No. And he, he he could be the turning point for Stoke if he if he doesn't start either fitting up. Same with same with Tommy Smith. Got to improve the way they play, which means they've got to get fitted. They've got to get fitted. Yeah. Because I loved I loved Sam Lucas. He was my favourite player last year, and he was he was probably one of the best goal scoring midfielders we've seen since James O'Connor and he was a legend he's got to book up and, and work hard as simple as that especially as his captain because I think the only reason why he's playing at the moment is because he's captain yeah but I'll give him a six yeah, he, he wasn't six. a great performance six, I didn't six. see much of him I'll give him a six right for me man of the match Nick Powell Nick Powell kept getting he was, he was used further forward during the second half and everything started clicking into place yeah Moved the ball well. His passes were intricate. He was moving everybody everywhere. He he, he was really impressive again yeah. against Luton. He, yeah. was, he was quite first half because I think he was a bit deeper. But second half when he started playing higher up, he was connecting everything together. Links well with Fletch as well. Yeah, that, that's what I've been calling for: is stop playing Powell so deep, get him up the pitch. Yeah, because that's where he's he's effective because he's right, not a good midfielder. Problems, yeah. He's not a midfielder at the end yeah. of the day. He's not a central midfielder waste of time just getting up the top end of the pitch so he can make an impact and that's exactly yeah. what he did they couldn't cope with him Luton couldn't especially towards the end of the second half they just couldn't cope with him no I mean that's it he was quite funny during the game the amount of times he went down and he kept looking at the ref he's like ref every challenge that went near him he went down he's yeah. like ref he's like no <laughs> ref no that's the fourth time <laughs> ref that's the fifth time still not booked him yeah but it's not a foul <laughs> he just kept he was he, was a, he made himself a nuisance all game. And whether it's right or wrong with the ref, it doesn't matter. It annoys them, it annoys the ref. You get involved in the game, you're in the thick of it all the time. Every challenge, every edit, everything. Like I say, to be fair, he, he was, for me, he, he was brilliant yesterday at times. Man of the match for me, and he took his chance well. Because you've got to remember, there's bodies everywhere and that when he struck that. Yeah, he had, he had to, put, he had to put that four or five players there, he had to yeah. smack that through. And he still went through and, and he smacked the net. Yeah. And then I just like his celebration because his celebration was a bit of a mictate to Nathan Jones. I didn't see the celebration, <laughs> no. Yeah, if you watch the celebrations, he did. He does the celebration. Do you remember when Nathan Jones was like that to the Stoke fans, the other cami yeah. moment when he was like going like that. Yeah. He ran up and looked at Nathan Jones and did, <laughs> and did the same celebration. So it was a bit of a, yeah. <laughs> not good enough, am I? Yeah, yeah I'll, give him a, I'll give him a nine. Yeah, I'll, man of the match for me. Well, you could have good ten if it's your man of the match. I'll stick with nine. I'll stick with nine. Only <laughs> man of the matches, you having? Ten, ten. I wouldn't have ten because none of them were good in the first half. I don't think it's a great. Yeah, you'd have to score an hat trick for me to get a ten. I think it'll be brilliant. So you've got you've got to really step it up. But he was good. He was really good, to be fair. And, and if we can keep him up the pitch like we did there, I can see goals coming. I can see so goals coming. He's softening up a little bit as well. I mean, there was a moment second half where the clash of heads with the Luton player. And normally, you see him stay down for some time. And he sort of, he was down for about 30 seconds and he got back up, shook it off and carried on. And he was very, very sort of... That wrapping in bubble wrap at times before where he'd have one little knock and he'd be like oh no he's going to be out for three months he, he does seem like he's obviously trying to 
to be that tougher player as well. Because you, the thing is, you play his role, you're going to get knocks. Because you're in the box, you're on the wing, you're everywhere. People are going to try and stop you. Whether it's take you out in the box, kick you, it doesn't matter, you're that creative player. Yeah. Normally when you're a creative player, you're going to get a lot of kickings. Like you said before, he linked well with Nate Stephen Fletcher, and Stephen Fletcher's the next person. We're going to talk about Nate made no mistake with the first goal. No. Took it well. Was he could have taken another chance. He admitted himself in the interview after that he should, there was probably he should have come away with two goals in the game. But he's getting sharper. He's getting fitter, and now I can see why Mark Lennie brought him in. It's, the thing is, how many times do we see in the past with other strikers, you'd have one chance. And if they scored, they scored. Fletcher's creating chances for himself. What I'm most impressed about with Fletcher is his power and energy. Yeah. It's his energy. For a man who's 33, yeah. he looks like he's 27, 28 the way he moves. Yeah. He, he's constantly going. Yeah. And he's, he's powerful. He's knocking yeah. everybody out the way. He's like, no, I'm scoring. He's Scottish, isn't he? Yeah, he's Scottish and all the time. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like Gordon Strachan said, we've got a team full of midgets. <laughs> and then Stephen Fletcher comes in like that. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he played well. I'm going to give him an high score. He took his chance well. He was he was constantly on the go, yeah, constantly moving terrible. him around. He's good at move, dragging players out of the way as well. The chance in the first half where he moved two defenders out of the way, they made him follow him, and they got through, but just couldn't get the chance off. Chance off. But good performance, argument eight. Yeah. I'm liking Stephen Fletcher every time we'll go in. Right, so final play, another good performance. Taris Campbell. Made a chance of his own through a bit of skill, a bit of trickery. Obviously missed the chance. A but then goal. the cross for the goal. Well, it's about time. It was Shakiri-esque the way he swung that from a deeper position. Yeah. Fletcher just had to put it in. The, the, only, the only frustrating thing I've got with Campbell is, is when, he, when he plays a cross like that, I just wish he'd do it all the way through the game because there was a couple of times where he played. He, he's always tempted to go he's, well. He's still young. That's that's the thing that everyone's got to remember because because we put so much so much pressure on him this season because of his performances last season. The fact is, he's still a kid. He's still, I think, only twenty twenty one. He's still a young lad. He's he's progressing slowly. Michael O'Neill's trying to change how he's doing his system and. When he breaks on that round side from a central he's area, dangerous. He's, he's dangerous. And yeah. that, that cross was... He's just got to learn to when he gets on that bar line. For me, low crosses, you need space. You need space. And the thing is, no point in playing a low, low cross as full centre also. Well, you can do, because if it's one of them in the funny way, you can go in, mm-hmm. can't you? So, yeah, but sometimes you just think, you've got Fletcher there now. Who is yeah, but if, you, <laughs> if you've got just Fletcher in the box and you've got four defenders... I'd go low, just hope he hits one of them and goes in. But if he's going to do, he needs to drive it to me. Yeah, some power in. But that, I think, is Tyrus Campbell's biggest problem. He does need to get some strength. He yeah. does need to improve on his strength. He's got the skill. He's got. The, he's just got to. You just got to give him time to develop. And once he gets bigger and stronger, he needs. Well. He needs some dinners. He needs some roast dinners. That's what he needs. He needs roast dinners and some pre-workout. That's what he needs. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Two-hour sessions in the gym. That's what he needs. Look out here, there's nothing to you, man. <laughs> get a nap. Get a nap now. Get, get, get that there. tin plate under the grill. <laughs> some bacon. On. Get some bacon on for him. <laughs> I'm gonna put Campbell in as a, an eight. Yeah, I, I think. Seven. I thought he played well. I did Campbell. Yeah. His trickery though, into that cross it alone deserves an eight. That's all I'm saying. Just brilliant cross. Shakiri would have gone. Well, well wherever Shakiri is, nobody seems to know. Nobody knows. Sorry. He's he's around somewhere. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give him an eight. 
like I say, an eight, and we'll move into Michael O'Neill. I think his tactics were spot on. We, it was a bit dodgy in the first half, but we edged out a hard game. I think he did the right thing, keep it steady at the first, don't start breaking forward and trying over overdo things, because yeah. Luton are good on the counter-attack. So we just frustrated him once we got the second goal. Yeah, and then second half, changed the tactics, went a bit more attacking, put power favour up the pitch. And we won the game 2 0. Yeah. Brilliant tactics. At the end of the day, it's a 2 0 win as well. It's away from home. It's another clean sheet. It's a good day at the office, isn't it? For yeah, it's a good result. Us. So I'll, I'll, give it a, I'll give it an 8 out of Well, I'll give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah. I'll take that now. That's, that's what I'll go with. Yeah. I right. I won't get in on his coat, though. No, he did look like a bin man. A bin man? <laughs> an old bin man. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now it's question time. Oh, no. <laughs> oh this, this is a good one now. Now this person obviously managed Stoke. Yeah. So he's a manager for Stoke. Right, here's your clues. Just just free to start with. Right, this player. Player? Well when he was a player. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, he didn't play for Stoke. Got a runners up medal in a World Cup with Holland. Won a UEFA Cup against Tottenham on aggregate 4-2. That's all I'm giving you at the moment. It's gone back being tough, that's all that. <laughs> Is that taking the bit because you know? No, no. no. <laughs> that gives me brain here. <laughs> Last week I didn't even really think about it too much. I got it pretty much. So there we are. The clues are he was runner-up with Holland in the World Cup. Holland? Yeah. He won the UEFA Cup with Feyenoord. Yeah. When they beat Tottenham on aggregate 4-2 in the final. Yeah. So he's won the UEFA Cup with Feyenoord. Yeah. He's run up with Holland the World, the World Cup. Cup. He managed Stoke. There we go. That Have we got a clue? No. <laughs> no I want to, I'll, I'll wait till, until the second round of clues. <laughs> right, so we'll move on to transfer windows. Obviously slammed shut this week. Yeah, Butland being the main one. Well, two have gone out, haven't they? Or I think a few have gone out, actually. Edwards has gone to Fleetwood. Uh, Edwards has gone to Fleetwood following... Hopefully the success of Harry Suitland goes on to be a success there. Well, he needs games, doesn't he? I think it's a good decision to get him out on loan for the season, get hopefully get him in it right back there, get some games, get some improvement, and come back a stronger player like Harry Suitland did. But it's up to him to challenge himself now, because if he can't get in the Fleetwood side, that'll be it for him and Stoke, if he can't get in that side. It looks like Fleetwood could be quite a, a decent asset to Stoke, because they're, a decent, they're quite a good club as far as they're well run. And we're sending players there and, and they're coming back. Things are going well when we send them there. So try and think positive. I think Edwards will be all right at Fleetwood. He needs more than like 12, 13 games. He needs to go and play all season. Yeah, he needs a season. He needs yeah. like Sutu, who I think played 80 times, I think, for Fleetwood in his two-year loan spell. Yeah, which is a good, good, which is a good thing. Because, I mean, if, if he does go to Fleetwood and we aren't quite ready to push him back in, we could say to Joey, do you want him again? Just, yeah. just to get another year out of him. And then then if he's not ready, then it's obviously time to say to or yeah. see how he does. Also, a weird one, that that young lad who scored four goals for us in the youth team is gone, Kaya Tangi. Yeah, another kid gone. I don't know. I just don't think we like young strikers. I think that's one, because that's Mo Sanko gone, now Kaya Tangi's gone. Trouble is, though, you look at you look at half strike force. Um, where are they getting in at the moment? It, oh, it's quite easy, really. Well, it's quite easy at the moment, really. Go on, you've got Gregory, folks, 
Lenny Ferguson chaps on sport. You, this, it's the perfect time for young kids to break through in this side because yeah. the players we're bringing in are not the best. And some of them are great, some of them aren't. Because when, but when you sign free transfers because of financial fair play, you have to do this. And of course, Jack Butland left. Yeah. Now this has caused a massive rift between the fans. I don't know why. I know why. It's not so much him leaving, because I think everybody agrees with him leaving. He needs to leave, yeah. Every, people are not happy with the fee. Fee, yeah. Last season he was worth 10 million, this season he's worth 500 grand. Yeah. And this is a player that's played for England yeah. and had a buyout clause of 25 million. But what are the add ons? Because there's add ons on this contract. There's add ons, which we're not too sure about. I think it could be if, he, if, we, if they sell him, which is probably going to be more than unlikely. Um, they get will get a percentage of it. Yeah, and I think there's something else that's in on it as well. And I just liked how the club came out and went. There is add-ons just, yeah. just to keep everybody out. If he plays twenty games, we got ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently something like two million after so many games and and all this kind of caper, but. At the end of the day, still a big fall from a player who haven't got relegated. We're talking about. Well, it is a rise to be fair, because I mean that Gate is struggling with a, an ankle injury. Apparently, the Palace goalkeeper Wayne Hennessy's crap, yeah. so he's got every chance to get into that side. And the fact yeah. is, he's desperate. He was desperate for a move. And the thing is, there's a lot of people who've been horrible to Jack Butland, and at the end of the day, he has been a good servant to this football club. And he tried, and he stuck with us, and didn't moan when we came down. Yeah. He could have just gone then. There was offers then, which is why you look at Tony Scholes and go, "Why didn't you cash in on him?" Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's been loyal. He's been a good goalkeeper. Yeah, he, he has been a very good goalkeeper. From a business perspective, I understand people's frustrations because the reality is, when we come down, Butland was on the fringes of England, and when the offers come in. Maybe we should have just given him that. I think. I think for the board's perspective, they were probably thinking, "Well, we'll bounce straight back." Yeah, that's so what Jack thought back. as well. Yeah. that's why Jack stayed loyal because he thought, "Well, this club's going to go back up with these yeah, players." Yeah, but we've seen it a million times before. That that's the it's case. quite obvious what happened after sixteen games. He looked at it and went, "These aren't going back up," and, and he was desperate for move. Then the, the start of last season, he was desperate to go. He was pushing. He was pushing, and apparently, there was offers. There was ten. Twelve million pound offers on the table, but Stoke decided, no, we we, we want more, we want more, and, and and then they priced themselves out of a move, and and now they've got rid of him for literally peanuts, which seems to happen to all our assets. It's happened to all our assets where, you know, on out of went quite cheaply. To be fair, you've got to look at um, Shakiri went for a million more than we bought him for. Yeah, you know. Begovic went for eight million when he was one of the voted one of the best goalkeepers in the league, and Zonzi went for seven million. Seven you million do have to look at the way yeah. the way we do business. We we seem to we remember we had an eighteen million pound for Bowian from Liverpool after his first season at Stoke, and we yeah. we said no, he's going to be genius. He wasn't a genius yeah. after that point. He went on two loan spells after that. So I'm I'm glad he's gone, and I hope wish him all the best. I hope he goes up there and and gets back. Cause yeah, and I'll then, never have a bad word said against him because at the end of the day, he he was our probably our last star left in that team. Really, big big name left in that team when we went down. Apart from Harry Simpson, obviously. And well, he's he, massive in Australia. <laughs> and he stayed. He's like Beckham in Australia, Harry Simpson. Yeah, I, I feel like I say I feel for him personally because I've said it before. When you go from lining up for England against Germany and 
thinking things are going really well. I do feel sorry for him because then, to be where he's been is is a big drop in the space of sort of three four years. I feel more sorry for him because when Joe Hart obviously went to Torino, which killed his career, mm. never recovered, and he never will now. He was going to be the number one, and then he got that injury yeah. for England on yeah. that game, and then all of a sudden Jordan Pickford, who, who now has fallen off a Christmas tree again, he's fell off a cliff. His form has. He broke in because yeah. of the injury, and that was it then for Jack. He was dropped yeah. to number two, and then of course with Stoke, massive poor form after that point. He just dwindled away, and, and yeah. now he's like nineteenth choice for the England jersey at the moment. You know, I hear somewhere Lee Grant is high rated for the England yeah. team. Yeah, because there was a stage for Stoke where I was at the point where you were going. He's one of the best goalkeepers I've seen in a Stoke shirt. I remember one season where there was games where you were just sort of thinking, if it weren't for Jack, we'd have lost 6-7-0. Yeah. He absolutely was unstoppable for us at one point. So I remember certain games. I remember, I've said about it a million times, I remember us playing down Carrow Road once, and Norwich should have won 6-7-0 that day, and I think he finished one apiece. He was, he was unbelievable. He was unplayable. I bet they walked off thinking, how can we get the ball past him? Mm. just can't. He, he was that good. He, but the problem is, is, well, the thing is, is then it comes down to your own morale. Stoke playing that bad is this that's what that's what's happened yeah. Yeah. the thing is because we were getting battered week in week out under Mark Hughes when he when he, he lost faith in his system and obviously then we were conceding goals left right and centre the whole back line's defence and the goalkeeper all lost all confidence there was no shape he was struggling and he's never built his confidence back up because no. the same thing happened first day in the championship we lost yeah. 3-0 to Leeds and I know we made a, a chocolate wrist moment with the second goal where he should have saved it but sometimes it's hard to pull that that form back at the same club sometimes you need that fresh yeah goal. you need a move it's like Berahino he needed a way out from West Brom still giving it him but he couldn't be bothered he yeah. had no interest yeah, didn't want to yeah do but it. this was down to bad attitude well, yeah yeah that's, that's what I mean Jack's different but you've got to look at like the likes in Stoke terms you've got to look at the likes of sort of Matty Etherington for that sort of well you can't get him out of the book he's, he's got a bad attitude and everything else gets a move to Stoke and it's probably our best one of our best players we've had over the last 10-12 years oh yeah his best left side player yeah, yeah. yeah. so well it's him and Arnie into yeah but do you know what I mean from somebody who's form, morale, lifestyle and everything's on, on its knees to just have a, a move it leaves West Ham. Yeah, you have moves, don't you? Arnie needed it. Arnie needed it as well. When, yeah, he, when he, he couldn't get a game at Verde Bremen, they voted him one of the worst ever Bundesliga signings. Yeah. But comes to Stoke and he was brilliant. Yeah. He, he really I mean, I know he's there. Satan to Stoke fans. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the snake, isn't he? But at the same time, you can't dispute his impact for Stoke for the years he was there. Yeah. Um, like I say, Jack's moves come three years too late. Really, in, in reality. Yeah, it's twenty-seven now. He, he should have. Stoke should have pushed the sale when they came down, just to get yeah. just to get him off the books. But it's all in hindsight now because the comfortable we've got a comfortable goalkeeper in now who suits us, wants to play for us, and it's changed things a bit really. So now Stoke were desperate, just desperate to get his wages off because I think he was on fifty, sixty grand a week. So it's a massive amount of money that's been chopped off the financial fair play. Yeah. Uh, the only problem is we just couldn't get rid of him and Valley. That's the only problem. Yeah. 
There's, I don't know how much contracts have done for that. Years. I think I think they've got a fair few, yeah. Two, but at what years. stage, personally, for Bauer and Femi, do they sit there and go, well, my career's disappearing here? They don't care. Because I think what we're playing... Is that, is that an English, is that a foreign thing, do you think? No, I think it's anywhere. I think, I think what, what happens with a player now, you can make a move, but you know you're not going to get that money again. So it's like you're on your say you're on forty grand a week, yeah, and you've had a bad time at the club where you're getting paid forty grand a week, and they don't really want you. Yeah. You know you don't. They don't want you, and you know you you're need to play. move away. Yeah, you speak to your agent, and he'll get, he comes back and goes, oh well, we've got we've got um, I don't know Sassuolo in Italy. They want you. They're willing to pay match the fee that Stoke wants, but they're only willing to give you nineteen grand a week. Yeah. You're not going to take it, are you? You're not going to lose 20-odd grand a week, are you? Just for the sake of playing. I don't know, mate. I I just think your career's short enough. For me, personally, I'd want to be playing football. Money's money's money, isn't it, at the end of the day? I've had it and not had it. That's the the big thing. That's the big difference between your common working man and a professional footballer. It's most working men. But the thing is, they've got I'd, short I'd careers. I've had money, i lost it as well. Yeah, but they've got short careers. We work till we're 60s, 70s. No, but they? they've never not had money, is what I'm saying. They grow up, they go through the youth system, and people spot them and go, he's good enough play. Mummy well, and daddy are still holding their hand until they're 16, 17. Then they get the big contract. They've never wanted for nothing. So if they're on 40 grand a week, and then someone says, oh, well, they're 19 grand a week, they're like, to me, you should be just going... Yeah, but they don't because they're like, oh, I'm losing 20 grand. Whereas for me, I'd be thinking, well, I've had it, I've lost it, I'm not bothered, I've already got how much in the bank, let's go and play football somewhere, let's go see some culture. Yeah, but they give it, they can do that by loans, well. Still not what's it, it is. It's, the problem is for players like Bauer and Vimy, they failed, and they know they failed, and they'll never recover. But they failed elsewhere, no? Well, yeah, they failed, they failed in the loans, they failed at Tottenham, but the fact is with Vimy, he's failed now. He's nearly 30 years of age. If he went, I don't know, he'd, he'd end up probably in the Bundesliga too. He'd end up nowhere. He'd end up at a club. I'll tell you now, Vimmer would struggle to get 10 grand a week if he left Stoke. He'd, he'd struggle to get a 10 grand a week. I think he'd struggle to get a most league too, so that's... The fact is, that, the trouble is though, to, to, be fair, to be fair, this, this is another situation where you have to look at how Mark Hughes managed things. Because the thing is, if you look at Kevin Vimmer before he actually joined Stoke, his career was rising like anything he was playing solid football Austrian international till he joined Stoke he gave him something like 12 games and that was it no right there you yeah. go and you've got to imagine you've moved from Tottenham to Stoke which he didn't really want to do anyway it was forced upon him same as Palacios and really crouched to be honest as well yeah I mean I can't really put Palacios in that breath because didn't he he was crouched yeah, but didn't see his mum died or something, he murdered or something, and he, he rocked him big time. So yeah, so yeah, the thing is, Wilson Blasios personal issues. It was his brother. Yeah, his brother, his brother, his brother was kidnapped. Yeah, and then of course was they give the money, but then he murdered him anyway. Yeah, and his head was never out from that point. Yeah, he, so I think he, he retired not long ago as well. Thirty, he, he, he never. I can't, I can't sit there and at him when when something because at the end of the day, football's just a game of football, and if it's personal and it's family, then 
it's going to affect you. And it's, yeah, I know what I know when I've had personal issues. What is how it's affected me at work. Yeah, it, it's how it's. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I've just talked about the transfers of when players have been moved to clubs when they don't want to go. Part of this people where go, they'll sit there and go, oh well, all these signings have failed, and they have. And, and Tony Skull should be taking a lot of the brunt for this, because the problem is we've, we've brought low, nearly two hundred million pounds worth of player in, and a hundred and eighty of them million pound of it has failed. Yeah. Literally, barely made over twenty appearances for the club. Absolute failures. Yeah. And the problem is we only we've we've made about forty million, fifty million from sales. And yeah. that's that's where our problem lies, is that Tony Scholes obviously doesn't know how to do the transfer systems. And it's clear to see, it's like you look at Vim at 18 million. Contracts out, well, the problem is when you when you invest in something for 18 million pounds, you expect them to have four or five year contracts so that you, they'll do well and move on. Yeah. But the problem is, it's a bit naive when we're bringing a 26 year old in on a five year deal when we don't know how good he is. No, if it's somebody who's a proven record, it's different. I think you see players go to bigger clubs who've got a big reputation and they get to 28. They're never going off more than a three-year deal. But that's that's how it should be. Mm. We'll bring somebody in and it's like, well, he's played for Man United. He's put him on a five-year deal. Yeah, but he's too old. Yeah. The problem is, it's got to be that fine line, hasn't it? If you buy a player at 31... And put him on a three-year contract. You know, at thirty-four, he's not far off done. Well, yeah, but it's also getting bit in the bit any by having one good season, then he's like going, right, I'll hold on to this for a year. And then See, Bauer, Bauer is a big promise when he comes through. Yeah, but the thing is, we brought him in with a lot of promise, but he didn't actually play as a right back. For he played right back for about two games, and then he played left wing, well, left back, right wing. Yeah. And left wing at one point, he didn't play as a right back, and he yeah. impressed on the right wing. He, he impressed me, but as soon as you played him right back, he was dog, yeah. absolute garbage. And we have new contracts to drop with us, so because there was offers of eight nine million to buy, I think you were after him. Wolves yeah. were after him, but instead we go, oh no, I'm committed here. I want to stay as long as I get my Premier League money, I'll stay. So we offer him a forty five year grand a week contract, and then he's crap, and we <laughs> he's out the team again. Did he even play in the championship? Yeah, he played twelve times yeah, in the championship yeah, yeah. for Gary Rowett, yeah. And then he was shipped out on loan, I think, in January to Celtic. No, can't think who it was. It was somewhere in Germany, I think. And then he came back, then went Celtic underneath from Jones. But yeah, it wasn't very good. Right, clue two. Oh yeah. Come Before on. clue, two, we'll talk about Angus Gunn after clue two. Right. This player played with the legendary Johan Cruyff. Johan Nieskins. Yeah, he played for them legendary players. <coughs> and he signed Peter Kopteff for Stoke City. So he's quite modern. Yeah. I haven't gone silent for any particular reason. <laughs> I'm counting through the years now. Right, so he's still got a clue. So, right, we'll move into the final transfer. One did come in on deadline day. Because, like I said, the deadline day was dead exciting. Has Butlin gone? Has Angus come? And it's Angus gone. Let's yeah. hope he's as good as his dad. He was a legendary player at Norwich. <laughs> is he going to play then? But the funny thing is, when we signed him, my dad rang up and goes, is he still playing? I goes, what? He goes, he's got to be in his 50s now. It's not, it's not him, it's his son. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't, 
I mean, he's been brought in as back up today. Yeah, he's, he's coming to be number two, yeah. It's just, it's a loan, apparently, it's a loan deal till the end of the season. We're paying 50% of his wages. And there's a, a, a permanent deal in it if, if both clubs want it to happen, which Southampton desperately do. They, they aren't a fan of him, I'll be honest. Um, there was a lot of young promise around Angus Gunn when he was at Man City. This is a goalkeeper that was very, very hard rated. Yeah, because we tried signing before. We tried signing when there was rumours that Jack was going to go. So if we, yeah. if he, we, if if he went, if Jack went, we were going to replace him with Angus Gunn oh, from yeah. Man City. Yeah, and then Southampton came in. Um, he hasn't done well at Southampton. I'll be honest with you, he hasn't done well. He was in goal as well for that nine nil defeat. Yeah. And he was poor. Yeah. Um, it, it's. I think this is kind of a goodwill for both because Angus Gunn hasn't had a successful time at Southampton. Is desperate to move, and Jack is in the same boat as well. I think this is a good signing because he's not going to be number one. We know that anyway. He's going to be sat on the bench, so he's got. To, but he's got by his time. I mean, Davis did it last season where he only made one. What was it? One appearance till towards the end of the season. Yeah. So the thing is that. I, I'm not bothered really. He's only going to recover if we don't rate him. We give him back if we if we do like the look of him. We get the two million pound deal done. It, yeah. it, it, it's win win for me. Yeah, like you say, it's not it's not costing us anything at the end of the season if he doesn't work out, and, that, and that's the thing. I've said we need to use the loan market more. Um, I, I think we need to do it even more though. Um, it's like how have we missed out on Harry Wilson. I'd have two or three me every year. But I don't, I don't understand how we've missed out on Harry Wilson. I think because he's too big now. No, he's gone Cardiff. Has he? He's gone Cardiff on a season-long loan. Mm. Why the hell did we Stoke in there? But, I mean, Gary, Harry Wilson... Strange that, because at the end of the day, if he'd have come Stoke, he wouldn't relocate, really, from Liverpool, something now. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he probably would. He'd, he'd love the oat cakes and stuff. He wants to get in town. He'd, he'd, he'd love a night out at Revolution and Adley, wouldn't he? Love, love, an, apart, love an apartment downstairs. He'd love an apartment in Fenton. Fenton. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagined his face looking at Fenton. <laughs> it's lovely, yeah. Where? <laughs> By JTM. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely around there. <laughs> Got a cracking domino. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible, yeah. But I don't know, it's one of them, isn't it, where I, I just struggle to see why we don't take advantage of the loan market. Because apparently Cardiff have got an £11 million deal in place as well. Like, loan to buy. If, if it's a loan to buy. Because well, he, he just missed out on Burnley as well, because Burnley tried signing for £15 million. The owners then come out and go, oh, it's too much, Sanders. They've spent nothing this season, Burnley. If the thing it, is, Harry Wilson at Championship level is absolutely deadly. Yeah, he is. He's a good player. At this level, him, yeah. he's, he's, he's really good. And, and the thing is, he, he'll do well at Cardiff. Yeah, he will do. He yeah. will. Yeah. And then, to me, what's frightening from a scouting perspective from Stokers, we sat and watched him rip us apart when he was at Derby two years ago, when Frank was there. Yeah. Um, like we that. knew he'd go prem the second season. I knew. Yeah, which is which is knocked his cred down yeah. massively because so there was your chance to go. Yeah, well that's what Cardiff have done. That's what Cardiff have done. They've waited yeah. for the Burnley deal fall through and gone right. We'll have him on loan. Yeah, and he, it's perfect for him. Perfect for Cardiff because if they go on him permanently, if if they do well, they've got him, haven't they? Yeah, it's it's clever business, and I, I don't understand why Stoke continually don't take advantage of the loan market instead of getting three transfers in. 
get loans in. Yeah. Just instead of buying players, just buy, just loan in four players. The thing is, it, like there was one or two at Derby that have left because of their financial situation. Yeah, yeah, they've got rid of a lot of their big money ones. Like yeah. Tom Wollaston's gone. Richard Keogh, I think, because of that problem. I don't know what he, he went, actually did. He went because of that cough, that drink driving. Well, he's, he's, in, he's it. MK Dons, I think, now he's coming yeah, back. Who was the lad who ripped us apart in January? Oh, uh, Sibley. The... Oh, Bogle. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone, Chef United, yeah. yeah. Who we'll probably see next season if we don't go up anyway. Because they're, they're going down. I watched them today, they're going down. They're definitely going down. They are garbage. <laughs> they really are. If they're coming to the... if. They're having to bring in Billy Sharp <laughs> to try and keep you in the Premier League. Yeah, you are going control. down. Yeah. That Rian Brewster did nothing from what I read on it. He did nothing not because he's not ready for that level. Yeah, that Bogle's not ready. The two players they got from Derby aren't ready for the Premier League. Right. They've made the stupid mistake that a lot of clubs make. They need experience. You need Premier League experience, not yeah. young lads from the Championship this round. You've got to get it right. Right, so have you still not got any yeah. clue at all? No. He's just taking the mic, or it's quite obvious, really. Yeah, he's just blowing me, blowing me mad when he said Holland. <laughs> well, he had links in Belgium. Fuck it, that doesn't help. Of course it does. He had a lot of links in Belgium. Managed Anderlecht to three straight titles. I don't know why he asked me these questions. Ask the, the fans. Well, they're, they're, that, it's for them as well. That's why I'm not telling you to tell me the answer till the end. Because <laughs> they can guess it while they're listening along. I should be sitting here with a laptop going, who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you obviously don't know. Right, so we'll go into the ladies. Apparently it was a barnstone, wasn't it? Yeah, at trip from Leslie Steele. one four three. What a game. I wish I was there. Watch that. Goals galore. Yeah, that's the winning ways. Callie made a debut as well, being pushed up from the youth team, didn't she? That was in the reserves, yeah. Captain of the development side. Played for reserves and they won 3-0 as well. So pretty much a good day at the office for everyone at Stoke this weekend. Yeah, it is, yeah. it's a bit strange though with Alina. We do look like we're struggling a bit this year compared to last season since Alina mm. Moulton's come in and Chloe Jones gone upstairs. Yeah, we had one or two, one or two left as well, didn't they? Well, yeah, like Faye McCoy left and yeah. Hyde left, Cassie Hyde left. I think they, did, I don't know. It's weird though because Sunderland were running away with it last year. They won three and then lost three. Yeah, they did look like they'd lose a game. Yeah, they, they, we, they we lost two home and away, and basically this time round because their league stopped and started again because theirs was just cancelled. Suddenly look like struggling, and we look a bit ropey as well. But we are getting the results, and that's the good thing you've got to look at. We've won three now, drawn one, and lost two. Yeah, um, it's sort of mixed bag start, isn't it? But yeah, we're we're six in the table, which is mid sort of mid table in that. So I think there's only twelve in the league. Good, goodish start, I'd say. New manager coming in, new systems, but like, we haven't made any signings. It's just development stepping up. So it is like a a proper little rotation system, especially with our development squad, you can't stop winning. The yeah, Jess, Jess Smith was on the bench. Uh, she's come from the reserves as well. Uh, and the first start for Ali, why have women always got a dead fancy name? Bohannon. Oh, Bohannon. <laughs> Sounds very posh, actually, to be yeah. fair. So how did the development team go on? I don't know. <laughs> Brilliant. I thought you said they were one three now. No, that's reserves. Oh, the reserves, that's what I meant. Well, what job would you get the crystal ball out? 
Anyway. Ian Beans. <laughs> <laughs> so the Reserves won 3-0. Yeah, they did. Yeah, right, that's what we needed now. Right, so it's reveal time of the question. Oh, I thought you got another clue. I think I do. I think I've got an idea who it is now. So you knew anyway, didn't you? Just you just you just flipping it round, weren't you? <laughs> well, I got to keep the fans guessing, aren't you? <laughs> Last week it was like, yeah, I know, I know what it is. I think I know it is, isn't it? Right. So, so come on then, who, who is it? Is it Johan Boskamp? Way! <laughs> you just searched that while you were on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> oh, you've asked somebody. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You put Do it you on. know who this is? <laughs> Yeah, it was Johan Boskamp, obviously runner-up for for Holland in the World Cup. Didn't play, I think only played one game. Won the UEFA Cup, three-time Dutch champion with Feyenoord, three-time champion with Mol with Molendam or something. Who oh. apparently a big club in the seventies in Holland. Never heard of him to be honest. Yeah, as a manager, won three Belgian titles because he he had like a short stint in Holland and then moved to Belgium play the rest of his career and I'll be brutally honest I can't stand him which is why I put him in as a bit of a trick question because everyone knows I hate him <laughs> and he came in with his right we're going to play sexy football and got battered every week <laughs> <laughs> the only good sign he brought in was Carl Ifkins and, Sk- and Skoko the rest of them were garbage I can remember one called Junior he, oh, yeah. he couldn't pass the ball yeah he wouldn't get in it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't get in the Sunday league side. Peter Kopteff couldn't. He didn't even play him. Yeah. He's got. He's got to sort his left side out. Why aren't we playing him then? He was not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's twenty-seven. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, I uh, thought I'd put that in. A quick mention as well. This today is the anniversary of when Stanley Matthews returned to the football club for the second time from yeah. Blackpool. That happened today. Just put a mention in there for Sir Stan. I share a birthday with him. So it must be a day of greatness, that's all I can say. <laughs> when the great were born. And the great <laughs> <is creating. laughs> Well, there's a little birthday coming up, so I believe. Yeah, next week is a birthday special. It's the first birthday of the Potters podcast. It still seems like longer. <laughs> I know, I've, I'm trying to think of ideas for the podcast so that we can make it a bit more special. But I don't really know what to do at this moment in time. I'll figure something out, we'll probably get a guest on. We could just do an hour of our gaffes at the beginning. If we can find them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, next week, all you'll hear is me saying, uh, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you saying the wrong player. Oh, which you do all the time as well. I love it when you say the wrong player. Yeah, he's still on the wiser for about five minutes. I couldn't be be when Michael O'Neill first joined. I called him Martin O'Neill for about two months. (laughs) Called him Michael every (laughs) week. Well, the award's there to be passed around. Right, so that's another one done. Finished. Finito. Back to living in tier one, not tier two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we are tier three. No, we're tier one, tier three, we're on lockdown. Oh, ah, that's why it's the opposite (laughs) way around, isn't it? Right, so thanks for listening. You know where we are. You know we're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can also follow Ian from Scholar Green. That's my own personal page that's public and you can join and follow if you want. If you want to message me and want to have something to do with the podcast, you can. We're on all podcast platforms, every single one now, including Acast now. Acast, never mm-hmm. New one, new one. We're on Spotify as well. Everyone can go on Spotify and listen to it. It's cheap and free. Probably BBC Falls soon. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Having quick work. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. All the best.